So should we talk about investing? All right, episode 120 of Corporate Lunch. Uh, GQ's podcast is about clothes and uh, investing in stocks and um, casual, fast casual dining. America's first line of defense against whack fits and um, bad haircuts. I just want to congratulate all three of us on our IMG contracts. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it took a while, but um, it took 120 episodes for us to get there. But here we are. Three of the biggest models in the world. Yeah. Superstars. It does seem like um, th- there's a thing with getting a modeling contract that's like, like a sort of a certain type of viral moment will often be, f- be followed by, and then so-and-so got a modeling contract. Like, what does that mean? Well, I guess, I don't know that it means anything because as soon as you said that, I was like, well, what about Ken Bone? Who's that? Where's his mom? You don't remember Ken Bone? He was like, he asked a question during the the debate. Yeah. Yeah. 2016 debates. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. He was. The town hall one. He was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like everyone in the audience was undecided, right? And then, what, wasn't it? Why did Ken Bone become famous? Also, he may have gotten a, a modeling contract. Like he's probably out there in like a Sears catalog or something. He probably know. is. Yeah. You modeling power also tools. Joe the plumber. He doesn't have yep. a modeling contract. Where's his modeling contract? Joe the plumber for Loewe. <laughs> Ken Bone for Off White. I, I see what you're doing there. Was that a pun? Because what about Bristol Palin? Where's her modeling contract? I mean, I think what you're saying here is that someone needs to create the kind of agency that caters specifically to this talent, this talent, this untapped talent pool out there of tangentially political uh, figures who have all experienced brief but powerful viral moments. And we just want to see more of them and especially more of them wearing high fashion. Definitely more of them wearing (laughs) high fashion. Uh, how are you guys? How are your guys' stock portfolios, though? Seriously, do you guys, Sam? I know you're as a member of the Reddit stock community. Well, I, I mean, we should discuss the Corporate Lunch IPO that's coming soon. Um, yeah, Corporate Lunch is going to incorporate as a company um, that sells hats, and mm-hmm. all I'm saying is just you know mortgage your house, like sell all of your belongings, and just plow all of your liquidity into the Corporate Lunch. IPO, please. And then hold. I think that's, that's how right. That's right. We're a hat company. That's what, that's what we do. Well, don't you guys get the sense that like Elon Musk is only starting these businesses to make merch? It feels that way for sure. I mean, it, like, like he just wants to be Metallica, you know? Yeah. Like famous, but mostly for people wearing your name on a shirt and screaming when they see you. People I mean, scream when they see Elon Musk. Yeah, and to be honest, I only I I only got in this game for the merch myself, um, which we're not we're not doing a very good job at. There is a hat, a corporate lunch hat you can buy, probably the best hat ever made. But anyway, um, Sam <laughs> Sam just bought some of the Taliban sneakers. Sam, you want to tell us about your Taliban sneakers? I did. I did try to buy a pair of Sarwee's cheetah high tops yesterday. Um, after the New York Times published a story that I was actually quite jealous of. I, I don't admit this very often, but I wish I had written the story about the Taliban's extremely cool sneakers. Yeah. Um, 
I've seen I've seen the, the big photo that they use as the lead. I've seen that before. I remember mm-hmm. marveling at the lacing technique that one of the guys. Yeah, the lacing the sneakers, technique. The grid, which looks like it could be like Rick Owens or something. I mean, it's it's sort of like an old school, like high school skater thing um, yeah. for easy access. But the Sarwis Cheetah is just a great piece of design. Um, and I tried to I tried to buy a pair yesterday, but they're they're just not available on the internet. It's like maybe the only sneaker in the world that you can't buy online. Um, Sarwis is <laughs> Sarwis is a Pakistani company. They have they sell other shoes on the internet, um, you know. But not even like Alibaba had a pair of like loose cheetahs floating around. Um, there are none on Grail. There's none on eBay. None on like weird fake websites that try to scam you like if you know i think the company tries not to um tries not to make them so available at this point given their notoriety but what does the story tell us about the relationship to the taliban specifically and like it's like a basketball sneaker right like it must just be some kind of regular ass uh basketball shoe that was like available and was considered of the right kind of quality and performance and durability for a certain uh usage that you know terrorist groups appreciated um yeah well it was it was uh you know it was designed as a performance product um it sort of like the demand the pakistan you know this pakistani company sarwis um you know wanted to make a really great athletic sneaker for basketball or whatever um and they're quite cheap and as far as performance goes clearly there's something there um because not only the taliban but also like afghani afghan security forces wear them because they're just, they're very durable. They're very, very comfortable. Um, you know, if you're thinking about like what the alternative is, which is probably like uh, a combat boot or something that's like a little bit more unwieldy, probably less forgiving, probably gives you blisters. Um, yeah. You know, the Sarwis Cheetah is like a big cushy Jordan-esque. It's like a Jordan meets like a, honestly, like a, like a Rick Owens dunk or something. All right. Well, we need that Afghan proxy service, which um, someone should get popping off, and we can we can order pairs and come back with a real uh, a real test. I mean, today today on the pod, we're going to do our, our favorite things we saw uh, at Fashion Week. A little listicle, a little audio listicle, if you will. Um, I don't know. I think the Sarwi Cheetahs are up there with one of my favorite things that I saw this week. So I'll I'll put that on the list. Maybe that can just go ahead and be number one on the list if you guys will allow it. Um, yeah, I think it's tied with the, I think it's tied with the um, video of that TikTok woman who um, is raising uh, a beaver that she saved in <laughs> captivity. And the beaver is now at the point in its life where it's sort of like trying to build dams with various objects in her home. And at one point it, tries to drag her like BB sandal into its dam. And she's like, no, that's my summer sandal. <laughs> that was, I found that to be a really compelling fashion film. It says, tells you a lot about, about desire and um, BB sandals and, and animal nature and stuff. Right, like what kind of taste do beavers have in shoes? Yeah. For them as summer sandals, quite practical as a part of a dam. It's funny to think that if if summer sandals were as like plentiful as sticks and leaves and stuff in nature, <laughs> beaver dams would just be these huge piles of sandals. They That's would. right. That's just right. Just like those, those hats that come to Garçon. 
That's right. It, and it really also makes you understand, it makes you understand the idea of, of desire and that when you really got to have something, like when I see a pair of shoes, I just got to have them. You know how that beaver was feeling. I got to have these sandals to, to stop the water, to build my dam. Uh, you know, my, this is my shelter where I'll live and raise my family. So, um, Beaver doesn't even under, understand why it wants them. It just instinctually needs it. Yeah, it needs much those like, sandals. Just like any hype beast in line on a Thursday morning on Lafayette Street. Just they gotta they gotta get the box logos home to build the dam. <laughs> All right, so the top ten best things we saw of Fashion Week. We got honorable mentions for uh, Taliban sneakers. Honorable mentions for the woman who's raising a beaver who's just like us and needs shoes to fill the void in the dam. And honorable mention for New York's very own snowy owl, which um, I think was brought, you know, sent to New York by God as a symbol of uh, nature. Uh, you know, and fashion and coming f- together. That's exactly right. The snowy owl is the manifestation of fashion and nature finally finding like a true physical form. Um, that's right. Have you got, have you guys ventured? I wonder if you go see it, is there just a crowd? It's like the sexy duck all over again. There's tourists there and it's probably difficult. The owl probably doesn't appreciate it. Rachel, you and Lloyd haven't gone over there to get a look with your, with your binoculars. We're going tomorrow. We're going tomorrow. All right. Well, keep us posted. Um, we maybe maybe we'll have to do an emergency snowy owl pod like we did for the Prada for the Prada. Um, all right. All right. We got coffee. We got all right. The top ten things, best things we saw. Uh, and this is this list. You know, we have covered Rick. We did we did Rick uh, Owens and Kim Jones Dior show and and the Virgil Abloh Vuitton show and we did uh, Prada a Prada talk. So we're going to talk about this. Is going to be other stuff best just to be the clear rest. about. Um, all right, who's going to do number 10? Sam, Sam, boot up number 10 here. This one's close to your heart. All right, number 10 is the Rude and McLaren collaboration. Debut in the Rude Show, Fall Winter 21. Um, McLaren, for those who don't know, I mean, I have, you know, evangelized for Formula One on this podcast many times and elsewhere. Um, the sport itself is very sick. The merch and the things that you can buy that are like branded with, um, Formula One teams are, are are not sick at all. It's like very like it's kind of like nerdy like jackets with like the Ferrari logo on it or whatever. You know, it's 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 sort of like a, it's like airport like merch shop gear basically. But the vintage merch from form from you know like the golden era of Formula One is extremely extremely sick. And um, Ruigi from Rude collaborated with McLaren, the Formula One team, and CarMaker and. Uh, made some really nice just like retro leather jackets um you know resurrected some cool logos from mclaren i just think it looks great and um it's kind of what you want what you want like all formula one merch to be like extremely luxurious extremely expensive pretty badass and apparently it's the start of a longer um you know a long-term partnership between the two brands so more to come watch this very aspirational they did not make a car, unfortunately. Well, who needs a car when you have a jacket? But maybe that's nice. Who needs a rude McLaren when you have a Kith BMW? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Kith BMW sort of seems like an easier sell than the the rude McLaren, but I don't know. Um, 
who knows? Who knows anything's possible? It's the one thing, the only thing we know. All right, number nine is, I'll do it. I'll say it. It's The Row. It's the new collection from Mary-Kate Nationally Olson's The Row. What a collection. What a sophisticated and beautiful and um, and at, people always say quietly luxurious, which it, it quite frankly is. But I think um, all that aside, there was a few standout men's Luke's, L-E-W-K-S, um, that I sort of think that the row has secretly designed some one of like some great menswear designer. We'll never know who it is. Who's in there making these beautiful clothes. I'll need to work on it to figure out who it is, but um, maybe it's not. Well, they're doing, and they're doing all this really weird stuff lately, weird, like creative stuff. So they've been selling vintage, like essentially the pieces that they have in their own archive that have inspired things that they've made from these like super legendary Comme de Garçon and, um, you know, Yoji collections and Armani and that kind of stuff. So they're selling that at their stores. And then the only, the way that they rolled out this collection was they just put it on their own website and they were like, you can pre-order this now. Like it doesn't even appear Uh. that they did any kind of like press around it, which I just think is so cool. I'm obsessed with look, with look 17 from, this row collection, which is a, a women's look, but just simple white button down shirt layered under a long black, like boiled wool dress. And then topped off with uh, these big ass, like very Olsen-y uh, riding boots. Yeah, the giant riding boots are cool. The, the fact that the row is selling vintage pieces from Armani, Comb and Yoji when the collection very directly references those designers is such like a interesting and sort of risky uh, meta textual uh, way of like framing the row collection and also kind of reveal like, I mean, lots of designers would probably be a little more careful about sort of hiding or concealing or being uh, not so upfront about where the references are coming from. Probably, but it also makes them look so great because it's like, this is what you should be wearing our stuff yeah. with. Yeah. Like you should be wearing the row with like Margella era Hermes. Like that's where it should be. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice way to sort of position themselves and what they're doing and what they're about. Smart. All right. What's number whatever? Eight. Num- Comme de Garçon. Comme de Garçon. Comme de garçon. That's that's it. En plus. Comme de garçon en plus. A pretty cool collection, I think. I felt like this collection was so great because they, first of all, they've been getting yeah. so theoretical with their, theoretical and then theatrical with their clothes, where it was like, you know, like they did that crazy, aggressive, like metalhead punk collection where everything was covered in chains, which was like pretty rad but like slightly unwearable and then they did the Orlando stuff which was interesting but like again you didn't really want to wear it yeah and this had so many pieces in it like these long like skinny coats and then these cropped jackets with these very kind of like baggy skater trousers yeah I felt like it was I thought it was great coming back to 
I don't know, not maybe not coming back to, but it was full of, it felt more like it was in conversation with like what's happening in contemporary menswear, but in a good way. Like, yeah. like uh, you never want Comme des Garçons to feel like it's like part of whatever the trends are, what's really happening. But like, this felt like it was still outside of it, but like in sync with it in a way that was, um, I think like when that's when these collections are the best. And of course it had fully, a fully kind of retooled Nike foam posit, which is kind of amazing an iconic shoe. The comb posit, if you will. The comb posit, nice one, Sam. And yeah, just very like, yeah, the fit of those baggy pants, like the proportions of everything. Um, I, I think it's the best comb collection in a long time, for sure. And like, I don't know, one of those comb collections where I'm like, damn, I'm psyched for this to hit the racks over at Dover Street or the comb store in Chelsea to go poke around and like see what it's like IRL. Play dress up. Woohoo! Yeah, Comme des Garçons back in back in its prime. All right, all right. What's number seven? Wales Bonner. This was a really cool collection. First, what the the thing I liked the most about it is that a number of the tailoring pieces she made with Anderson and Shepard. Oh, it looked the tailoring is so good. It's so great, and I just I think that that's such a good partnership. Anderson and Shepard is just getting cooler and cooler. I know. How is that being messaged? Like, how is the Anderson Shepard thing being messaged? Is it like, I mean, obviously all kinds of designers use, um, would outsource tailoring, you know, to the best tailors in the world and not necessarily make it like a collaboration or something. Is this, is this something that's being, you know, marketed as something like a collaboration or a partnership? Or is it more just like, this is where the tailoring is made and that's just part of the story. You know what I mean? It was more like the latter. I mean, I asked her when I interviewed her, um, I was like, wow, these tuxedo jackets are so great. There's this section of tuxedo jackets in the front part of the yeah. collection um, that are particularly incredible um, and, and kind of funky actually. <laughs> um, and I asked her, like oh you've been doing like more and more tailoring and she just sort of dropped it as like oh yeah I just decided to work with Anderson and Shepard to make some of these pieces so I don't think it's being marketed as like a collaboration I don't think she really she doesn't really like do collaborations in that way other than when she did the Adidas partnership yeah there's a lot of I think she thinks of like everything she does is a collaboration so she's just kind of like everything is a creative partnership. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's kind of how I pro approach my life. Like if I go to the deli and I get a sandwich and I'm like, no, but like, I want you to toast the bread and like put, put the jalapenos on it. Like that's a creative collaboration between me and the deli. It's not a. Well, between you and the sandwich I mean, artist. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a creative partnership. It's not like a col I'm not like, oh, I got a new collab out and it's this like sandwich. Uh, what's number six? Have you guys been getting those ads for the Sean Mendez bowl? <laughs> no, what the fuck is that? Like a I get these Twitter, I get these Twitter ads that are like tweets from Sean Mendez that are like, I have a Chipotle bowl. And I don't understand why, because like I can't name a Sean Mendez song. I think he's a singer, 
he's not an actor. And I don't go to Chipotle, but I keep getting these ads. I'm sorry. Number six is the Sean Mendez Chipotle. <laughs> Wait, how do we get, we should get a menu item though. Someone should give us a menu item, a corporate lunch yeah. bowl. Dig in. Where's dig yeah. in? Yeah. Quinoa vegan barbacoa. <laughs> I think we missed one, guys. All right. We missed one. So we're going to back up and it's going to be number six. What did we miss? The Elite's monopolymer sandal. Oh, you know, all right. So Elix, Elix, Matthew Williams is out here with his, his, uh, you know, souped up Crocs from the future monopolymer, which I think is probably the name of this like injection molded rubbery plastic stuff. That's my guess is that they feel like Crocs or maybe they're a little sturdier than that. Anyway, so the Elix one has a very sleek, or the there's also the Yeezy thing, right? The Yeezy, whatever, that one-piece foam slide-on shoe. Foam, foam runner. Yeah. Foam runner. Um, the Elix ones are sick, especially this bright pink one, and then there's like a metallic one. But Matt Williams kind of like revealed them on his Instagram in this very like casual way. But that's always one of the cool things about what happens when fashion week starts going down, which is that all the designers are like spending way more hands-on time with the actual samples that they probably just got from the factories in time for the shoot or the show. And we'll often like reveal, you know, you get a little behind the scenes action, um, which is when you can see some like detail and like discover some cool stuff. Monopolymers. I fuck with these. These are sick looking. I just love clothing that looks like it's really, really hard. <laughs> like, I think it's amazing. Like it's made of stone. Yeah. 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 And also just stuff that looks like nothing you've ever seen before. Like that's always kind of good. I mean, these, like I said, these kind of, they're somewhere between a, a crock and a easy foam runner. And a, I don't know what. The ones that have the, the foam base with the suede top are pretty spectacular. Wait, what? Oh, in the show. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. I mean, Matt Williams, like all those Nikes he designs are totally psycho in a cool way. Uh, the guy the guy knows how to experiment with footwear design. I was just gonna say, it's nice to hear from Aleeks again. Feels like it's been, uh, it's you know, everyone's been talking about Givenchy, Givenchy, Givenchy. Um, but I thought this was one of the, one of his better leaks collections in a while. Good point. And you, you'll, you'll remember it wasn't too long ago when uh, you and Matt Williams were in like, I don't know, Washington Square Park talking about Belgian loafers for a GQ style shoot. Um, one of the great one of the great GQ GQ style dot com pieces we did many moons ago. When I when I gave him his big break. Almost five years <laughs> ago. Congratulations to to all of today's winners, and and really to everyone out there who's just trying, who's 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 doing their best. We're not all done. Right. What are you? Talking yeah, about? no, but it was like a mid. I, I thought I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of check check in midway. Um, all right, yeah, that was number six. We're at the halfway point, and uh, E R L E R L T R L T R L Carson Daly's new collection. Um, what does ERL mean? It probably is the guy's name. I don't know anything about it. It's just shameful. Eli Russell Lynette. This fucking collection is great. Truly great. 
who's got the goods? Who's got the good backstory here? Is it is it the first ERL collection to be? I know the brand's been around for a bit. Is this the first collection to sort of launch like on Vogue Runway as like a collection? Yes. Essentially what happened was that he was pretty good friends with Adrian from Comme de Garçon and Dover Street Market. And Eli was like, you know, I'd love to do a clothing collection. And he was like, you should go for it. Yeah. So Dover Street and Comme de Garçon produced the collection and he designs it with his sister in their studio in Venice. Oh, they're Italians? Or that's just where they work? No. No, no, Venice, California. Oh, right, Venice Beach. <laughs> uh, and and are we, do we talk about? Is, didn't he design a bunch of shit for Kanye, or he just Kanye just wore one of his sweatshirts or something? He he's directed he's directed a number of videos for Kanye. Oh. Um, and he and Kanye are very close friends. Kanye hit him up. He told me and was like, "Can I get? I love this clothing. Can I get all these pieces?" And Eli was like, I have a no gifting policy. So Kanye just went to Dover Street and bought a ton of stuff. There you go. It's the way to do it. Honestly, that's the risk. This collection is great. It starts out like real sexy. There's a guy like putting a baseball bat in his underwear and like the, it kind of looks like a, almost like a Abercrombie catalog. Like, yeah, the guy, I guess it's just one, it's just one model throughout, right? It is. It's not. I know oh, there's a, there's a few guys. It's mostly one guy. Yeah. But they all look like um they all look like Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Um it's incredible. But it it this is like I don't know, just like you look through this lookbook and it's like every every look kind of like adds and builds on an idea and does something sort of surprising and unexpected and and then you get to like about the midpoint and you have just like these amazing huge full cut white nylon trousers and like furry suede shirt and fur tote bags and like jester hats. And then there's like ski boots and it just like, it just escalates in such an amazing and surprising and extremely cool way. I did not know the Cone Garçon collection. That's um, fascinating. It kind of makes a lot of sense. And this ERL collection includes a Solomon collab but it's not like a Solomon sneaker collab, which, you know, many other brands have done and um, Solomon sneakers are dope. And like, it's a, it's a, it's a nice like feather in a young designer's cap. I feel like to get a Solomon collab these days, but um, Eli just like made a bunch of skis and ski boots with them. It seems like, you know, there's like ski goggles in the collab, there's ski poles. It's sort of like the full, um, you know, Lake Tahoe fit, but all like glammed out with these weird, like, sort of like very 70s style prints and those those like um jester hats are amazing i mean oh. i want one of those i really need one of those for next I, next year i mean for those following along on the internet and i guess we'll post this somewhere but look 18 is just like incredible it has the big spiked hat and this shearling shirt like kind of a West, western western shirt, shirt. I could, I could do without the destroyed vans. I feel like there could have been a, but I mean, it's working here, but the, the pant is like a, the pant goes on the shopping list. If only. Do you guys remember when people used to wear like beanies with spiky 
things coming out of them, well, like these spiky hats. It's a, also a very like '90s skier thing. I mean, I think yeah. it it ties yeah. into the skier theme of the collection. You used to have these fleece, uh, extreme skier, Gonzo spiky hats and like fake mohawks and stuff like that. Liberty spike, fake fleece Liberty spikes. What a great collection. What's number four? Oh, number four. That- Getting into the good stuff. Say it. Do it. Vet mom. <laughs> what Sam's raising the roof. What was it? 165 looks of just like pure delight. What a statement. Uh, is this, is this, this isn't their first collection without Demna, right? No. It's their second, maybe even their third. And now the, you know, the, the mouthpiece for the brand is Guram, who's Demna's brother and the, I don't know, the president of the company or something. Yes. So has he assumed the role of the designer or they're not, they don't have a designer. They just have Guram. It's all very secretive. No one will know. Which It's a, co- it's a collective, Noah. Yeah, I know. It was always supposed to be a collective, but collectives... Thing about collectives is nobody people always want to know like but who's the who's the number one part of the collective like in our collective yeah like we're a collective but it's pretty obvious we all, we all know who the, the boss is leader, we know who the leader is yeah i always find vetmont collections to be massively entertaining and i think that you get you get so much like cultural commentary out of it uh, without even doing like a deep analysis of it. Cause I don't even think it's always all that deep. Um, and sometimes it's quite the trolling and the low hanging fruit feels, does feel a little bit cheap, but I thought this collection, it's 165 looks. It starts literally in hell that, you know, the, the models are, um, look like sort of action heroes, you know, dystopian action heroes in a, in a burning hellscape, uh, as it moves through that, they enter Earth and there's sort of a rainbow jungle waterfall uh, vibe. Uh, and that's the Earth we all know and, and, and love and hope, hope to save and, um, and will be around for us for a little while. And then it, and then it finally moves on into heaven, the, the pearly gates in the, in the bright blue skies of heaven or whatever. And uh, it's, just such a, it's just such a journey a mythical journey and there's just insane fashion throughout should we just say what our favorite look was out of all 165 yes hell yes fuck uh my favorite motherfucking look i love the t-shirt that that says mainstream crossed out <laughs> uh-huh um it really does all like look like a video game too well, a lot of it is um, knockoffs of other brands. Really? Like what? Well, there are knockoffs of um, Balenciaga, under under Gear. Um, there are also like these kinds of nods to famous costumes. Like this is Pretty Woman. Um, and there are some other ones in here that are just like. Oh, there was one that looks like Raph's Calvin. There's one that looks like Margella. So just all these. It's like full of characters and homages and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
They even did an homage to um, one of Demna's Balenciaga collections with the Bernie uh, mm-hmm. logo. It says, Gvasel oh, that's right. There's this Chrome Hearts hoodie that I really like. This Chrome Hearts, well, I can't, it's a Chrome Hearts shirt layered over a Chrome Hearts hoodie that says worldwide trademark at 666% extreme quality hardcore <laughs> tour 21st century. I really, really like look um, 76, which includes a guy holding a can of Red Bull. <laughs> I mean, you know, the highs and lows, the highs and lows of fashion. All right, let's let's keep it rolling. What's uh JW Anderson? Hell yeah. Number three. I think we're on number three. It doesn't even matter. It's number three if I say it's number three. JW Anderson collection. I loved this collection. I liked this was um one of the first times one of the first time in a long time where I felt like a JW Anderson collection, the clothing was like way more fun than Loewe. I always think Loewe is really creative and like super fashion-y, but for some reason the mood for this season felt better for J.W. Anderson. And the giant pants were so freaking cool. These huge apron pants are amazing. I loved these like prairie dresses that he showed on men and women and these big furry tops. It felt like everything was like a template for like a more absurd idea Mm -hmm. which i really liked i loved these like tunics with the big squishy belts that were cinched in them it was just all great oh yeah the big squishy belt nice vegetables Mm -hmm. actual vegetables and i like that he worked with jürgen teller like i think jürgen teller seems like a pretty unnatural like they don't really have I don't think of Jurgen Teller and Jonathan Anderson as having like a natural connection because Jonathan Anderson is so like into sex and like ideas <laughs> and Jurgen Teller is like get in a bag let's get in a hot tub I'm so funny like I'm not wearing yeah. pants they're just they have a totally different wavelength so I think they created like a really um funky and cool lookbook together. I think that look too here is like a goddamn near perfect fit. It's like the- The hairy top. The hairy top, that super wide pant with his now iconic loafer. I mean, super wide pant doesn't really quite say it. It's like a pant with wings. It's yeah. a winged pant, which I think is like a, a not- not a totally original cut. I'm, I think that Yoji used to cut a pant like this, um, which is not surprising and not to say anything about the merits of this collection, which I think is just goddamn great. It's, I All like right. also that he cut the pants in different fabrics. So sometimes they're saggy and sometimes they're super sharp like wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, it made me think a lot about how they would wear like throughout the day, you know? I mean, I imagine you can kind of like, that seam has a bit of structure so you can sort of pop them out and let it stand or you could like knock them down and let them sort of collapse into the leg of the pant. Um, okay. Number two, 
Number two. Is number four. Number two is number four. Number two is indeed 4S Designs. Angelo Rutia's Fall Winter 21 collection, the third collection for this brand. That is very new and very, probably one of the like sort of most interesting developments to watch right now. I think Angelo's just so full of good fucking ideas and knowledge and 20 years experience working for engineered garments, which is no joke. I promise you the way they make things and the, uh, the production and development that goes into that collection um, that Angelo was really responsible for. And, and then with 4S, it's like all he, he like, he, he's making everything in Italy. And then he has all this like serious passion and appreciation for European fashion. Um, Armani, he loves and Chanel and Margiela. And um, so it's all, it's all kind of there. There's just a ton of ideas in this collection. And I've always sort of cut, really wanted a, like a Chanel jacket, one of those collarless like the one, I think Pharrell wore one. Mark Goring from O32C was wearing one, wasn't he? Oh, wait. Mark has a big, like, wide, oversized blazer in the Chanel oh. Buffet fabric, which is Maybe I'm mixing it sick. up. Anyway, always really wanted, like, a Chanel jacket, but that's not going to happen. So, But he did one in kind of fluorescent, like, construction worker orange, double face boucle, um, wool, that's just like the Chanel construction worker jacket. That's just goddamn perfect. Definitely my favorite thing that I've seen. Rachel and I were supposed to go see the collection with you the other day, but um, due to scheduling difficulties, we did not. What you're saying is we fucked up, basically. You guys fucked up. It was an adventure too. I got there and I parked outside. I parked the truck out front where illegally in commercial parking only and left my flashers on and came down an hour later. And I was like, yes, no ticket. And then went to start my car and my car was dead. All right. Number one, the number one, the best thing we saw at fashion week is something that no one is going to see coming a beautiful secret, a hidden gem. And that is, crocheted hats made by my man Yusuke at of you know he's the manager of the Nanamica store he doesn't like they don't have anything to do with Nanamica but that's where you find him in the hats and uh he's probably gonna kill me for doing this blowing up his spot but I promise you Yusuke is out there crocheting these shockingly beautiful surprising little creature like hats he used to make some bags and stuff as well but right now he seems to be focusing on these hats if you're lucky and you wander into the 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 namica store which is new and i think in soho and he's there he might have one that you could purchase perhaps um but just a, a glorious little discovery from uh you know I've talked a lot about things, handmade things and things made by friends and things, making things yourself and getting to know people who make things. And um, Yusuke's hats are just, are just number one on my list right now. And therefore they're number one on this list because I am the boss. I sent you guys pictures of the hats. I talked too much about them. You guys, would you guys wear these hats? Oh my God, I really like the hats. I really, really like these hats. They have the perfect scale. I love the names he um, assigns to them. Meat sauce beanie, crocheted seaweeds, seaweeds and egg beanie. That one's Tamago great. Tamago soup beanie. Crocheted tiramisu beanie. Delicious little beanies. So how do you cop one of these? 
I really don't know. You got to follow Yusuke on Instagram. I think his name is like Yuskography or something. And then, you know, maybe you could DM him, literally wander into the store and say, hey, I heard about you on corporate lunch. And and uh, he's a f- friend of the pod, a listener. And, uh, and, and maybe we could get a little community kind of hat exchange thing going on. Also, if you're out there making hats, I mean, I've crocheted some hats. I want, send me your handmade hats, not send them to me, but like DM me a link or a picture or like this, normally it's, they have to go through Sam, but if you're hand making hats, you can send them. This is the only time I will ever grant permission to send directly to me. I think you should, um, should send one to Bernie. It is, it would be a good Bernie kind of, uh, it would be good for Bernie. Great. <laughs> Do you think that people after Bern, after the inauguration, like Bernie's office just was flooded with like knit mittens? Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously we've sort of, I think we talked about this, but a big part of the story here is that the woman who knit Bernie's mittens, which are years old, doesn't make mittens anymore because she's a fucking teacher. We talked about this she, last episode. I know, but what I'm, what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna say is that What's a shame is that what if Bernie had worn mittens by a young struggling mitten maker who had a huge inventory of unsold mittens and could have had this like massive opportunity to sell mittens. But instead, the person who's getting all the mitten publicity doesn't even make mittens and doesn't want to talk about them. And frankly, might be a Republican. Yeah, I think politicians should like strategically wear backstock like past season seconds whatever like you know just like the bottom of the barrel like sample sale stuff that brands like really need to get rid of they really want to support the fashion industry like you know uh chuck schumer should wear like uh like an off-white hoodie that just did that just never hit that like (laughs) notra shop in chicago has like a thousand of still yeah that's a great point that's a really great point i mean if they because otherwise they have to sell them to um to like the streetwear boxes mystery streetwear boxes like heat or whatever if these elected officials if these elected officials love fashion like they say they do when they're on the campaign trail then they should be you know supporting it by wearing yeah overstock from past seasons that uh that (laughs) needs to be cleared out my god this episode has been like a hundred years long all right, folks, Rachel's over it. Rachel's done with this episode. Uh, her hair can only look so good and withstand about 60 minutes of recording and then it turns into a pumpkin. And that, folks, is the end of episode 120 of Corporate Lunch. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for making this house a home with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.